Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense. Common knowledge. Or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do. But only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast. I have Frederick Bard. He's an adjunct associate professor in the Department of Biochemistry at the Yu Danglu Lin School of Medicine in Singapore. And we're going to be talking about uh, genome-wide screening. And, uh, well, I guess it's going to be dealing with the coronavirus and how it, how it exits from endosomes and cells. And, you know, we'll get more into that. Uh, Rich can describe it better. So, Frederick, thanks for coming. How are you doing? Oh, thank you very much for the opportunity. Um, yeah, doing very well. Okay. Well, if you would tell me about your uh, current research and you know on the coronavirus and what are you looking at? Yeah. So um, I think the, the 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 study that you uh, reference is uh, something we did uh, a little while ago about uh, what are the the gene the host genes that are important for a, a coronavirus replication. Um, one thing to, I mean, it's well known that viruses are, are the ultimate parasites, right? They, they, they are actually not even uh, living uh, entities and they really need the whole machinery of the cell to uh, replicate um, and to propagate. So uh, the idea of that screen was to understand better what are the different uh, proteins and machines inside the cell that are important for the virus. And the idea being that if we could interfere with this host machinery, uh, we, could, we could block virus replication uh, without having to, um, yeah, without having to, to deal with the virus protein themselves, which might be more viable. Okay. Um, so how would you uh, stop the entry of the virus into cells? Because, I mean, a lot of people are talking about, you know, the spike protein and maybe binding antibodies to it so it won't be able to uh, allow the virus to enter. But, you know, I'm sure it's more sophisticated than that. Right. So uh, definitely a lot of people are looking into uh, antibodies that would block this interaction between the, the cell surface receptor, uh, the AC2 protein, and uh, the viral protein, the spike. Um, but in fact, there are many ways that one could interf- interfere with the, uh, the interaction between the virus and the cells. And so you, you, could block, uh, you could block this interaction or you could block uh, subsequent steps uh, where the virus enters uh, the, the is, is internalized, so it goes into this, uh, this membrane-bound uh, structure called endosomes. So this is the, the first step after the virus binds, is that it, it's being engulfed by the cell. Why would, why would the cell engulf it once it binds? What, I guess once it binds, that tells the cell that it should take in whatever material has bound to it? Yes, that's, that's our current understanding. Uh, the, the, the virus basically is going to cluster uh, receptors or proteins at the surface of the cell, and that is often a signal for internalization, for uh, engulfment. But in general, uh, cells 
continuously uh, recycle their, their surface protein. So they constantly engulf uh, endocytose, as we say, uh, the, the, the cell surface protein. So it's a it's very fairly common uh, ongoing process without a viral infection. And it's possible that on top of it, the fact that the virus has multiple spike proteins uh, leads to a, a sort of a clustering, uh, and that, that clustering effect stimulates the cells to engulf the virus. Why would cells uh, engulf what's on their surfaces? Like, why would this be a common mechanism? Oh, that's a very important for uh, the the sort of maintenance of uh, of cells for uh, uh, of the so so the, the it's kind of like a maintenance mechanism, right? So you you put out the cell puts out on the surface different receptors, different uh, protein machinery, and uh, and it needs to recycle those regularly to uh, in case they are being damaged, and also to regulate. Uh, the way it functions, uh, it will also constantly sample the surface and, and uh, use it to modulate the surface. So the cells are not always in the same state of physiology. So depending on the stimuli, they will, uh, they will adapt their cell surface. Huh. Interesting. So it's uh, recycling material. Ooh, very interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't know that this was happening. So the virus will bind and then the cell will engulf it mistakenly exactly. and the virus yes. is in. So uh, I thought that the capsid of viruses stays on the outside of the cell and just the, uh, the internal RNA or DNA is injected, but is the entire uh, virus uh, engulfed, including the capsid? Yes, the entire virus is engulfed, and uh, and then what exactly? So, so the, the the sort of the liberation of the genetic material of the virus actually occurs inside the cells, and there are many several steps have to occur before that uh, that genetic material is released inside the the cytosol, really the core of the cell, and can start to be replicated. So among the steps is, as we discussed, the internalization, so the endocytosis. Uh, and then there is the release from this, uh, from this compartment, this membrane-bound structure that is called the endosome. Uh, then there, there, is a, there, there need to be um, uh, a release from that, that vesicle. So if you will, these this endosomes are a little bit like little, um, I don't know, little stomachs that the cells sort of like, they just engulf something, but it's not, it's inside the cell, but it's not in contact with its machinery, right? With its, uh, it, it's, a little, uh, it's, it's a little package. And so that package needs to be broken up. And then the, the capsid of the virus itself needs to be disassembled so that the RNA can, of the virus uh, can be uh, read and, and scrapped. So there are many different uh, steps in, in that process. So, the, all right, so normally the cell would take in material and it's intending probably to recycle it. So it would take it in and then it, would, uh, it's, it schedules it, I guess, for disassembly normally because it's going right. to then use it for other, other things. And, exactly. I mean, is there a, um, a determination of what to do with the engulfed material? Is it somehow different types yeah. of engulfed material are transported to different places in the cell based on the exactly context? exactly. So uh, once the cell engulfs the material, it has multiple uh, choices, if you will, for that material. So it can uh, either send it for degradation. So it has a pathway where it sends things to uh, to some kind of um, you know degradation plant, which is called the lysosome. 
but the but another alternative process is uh, alternative uh, destination is to be recycled back to the surface. So for the virus, that wouldn't be very interesting, but it's something that cells do sometimes. Uh, so it could recycle to a different place on the cell surface. Um, and a further, an, another choice could be to send it to what we call the secretary pathway, where the proteins is then enters uh, the Golgi and and uh, and so mix up with the flow of proteins that are coming to the surface. Um, and then there is even a pathway where proteins can actually go in the in the nucleus of the cells from the endosome. So there are many different choices. Um, I think what is unique with the virus is that it needs to break the membrane of the endosome. Uh, to be really uh, to move from being inside the endosome to being in the cytosol, and that aspect we, we think is relatively specific for the virus, and, and it's not well understood how that works. Well, wait a second. So, if, so the virus fuses to the membrane, and then it's endocytosed. But what happens to the uh, the spike protein and everything? Is that you know is that ripped off the capsid, or does the entire thing intact get endocytosed and I mean, it, right. you know, what, what, does it pull membrane with it? I mean, do we know? Yeah. So, the, so yeah, yeah. So the idea is that uh, the whole uh, the whole virus uh, is uh, endocytosed, and it's and once it's in the endosomes, uh, something that happens all all the time with endosome is is it acidifies. So the pH drops, um, and and so this acidity inside the endosome probably changes the structure of the. Um, the envelope of the virus, and and it thought to induce a fusion of the envelope of the of the of the virus with the membrane of the endosome, and, and so there, that's how uh, we we suspect that the virus is, is uh, being then uh, put into contact with the the cytosol. Wait, so what what causes the the drop in pH? Is it the I mean, does that okay. normally happen inside an endosome, or right? So that that happens very uh, in all endos, endocytic uh, endocytic uh, processes. So and it's a machine uh, called uh, so they they are uh, so called proton pump. So they are literally pumps that will uh, dump um, uh, you know uh, protons inside the the endosome and therefore lowering the pH, uh, increasing the acidity. And what, what is the function of that? Why does that happen typically? What is that happen? To digest, uh, to digest what's in there? Or it's, what it's, a beginning, it's a beginning of digestion, and it's also a signal for... It's used for this by cells as a signal to, uh, on, on the proteins, that it, its own protein that it endocytosed. Then they can change uh, conformation, or they change, change uh, or they can release some, some uh, content. So for example... Uh, there is a well-known receptor, the transferring receptor, uh, will um, bring inside transferring, which brings iron inside the cells. And in the, once the pH drops, it releases the transferring and helps the cells to uptake that, that molecule. Huh. So they, it's, a, you know, it's a very common so the, regulatory mechanism. So the pH will drop down once it's in the, you know, in, it's endocytosed. And that, I mean, I guess the virus uh, accounts for this. I guess it, it, that helps it. What, yeah, released from its uh, from its capsid uh, yes, genetic material. Right. So the idea is that the, this drop in pH helps the 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 membrane of the virus to fuse with the membrane of the endosome and and the capsid to be released in the cytosol. So w- one thing that is really important to realize is that uh, after endocytosis, the virus is still not really 
in uh, inside in, in, in it's sort of inside the cell, but it's, it's shielded from the rest of the cells in this little package, right? The endosome, and so it's really important that there is this release from the endosome. So there is a process of membrane fusion, um, and that is what is driven by by the pH. And then there is, um, and then the capsid itself, uh, once it's released in the cytosol, will be uncoated. Huh. Okay. Um, are there viruses where they do leave the capsids on the outer cell membrane or are they all endocytosed or, I mean, because again, it seemed like I thought the common story was that the virus fuses to the cell membrane and only the interior contents are ejected, but that doesn't seem like what this is. Um, well, I, I guess it, it depends on viruses. Yes. Uh, but for coronavirus, it's very clear that the whole and for many viruses, actually, uh, the whole uh, the, the 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 whole machinery is being brought inside. One of the things that that the virus doesn't want is doesn't it doesn't want to disassemble too easily, right? Because it, it has to be sure that it disassemble its membrane and its machinery only when it's in the right uh, place for for it to be efficient. So there is also a sort of like a, a safe mechanism for for the virus so that it will only start to fuse the membrane and start to release its content because that's a you know it's a no way back for the virus right once you start to uncoat and and to uh sort of uh, disassemble that's it right for the virus there's no return so it has to be sure in, in the quote unquote to be inside the cell yeah i, I had heard also that some viruses they'll the uh I mean, even at this point, they won't disassociate and they'll somehow escape from the endosome and go, go to the nucleus and then enter through a nuclear pore using a similar mechanism to which they used to first fuse with the outer cell membrane. Have you observed that? Yes. Uh, I, I, not, not for coronavirus, as far as we know. But yes, that, that, there is many different locations where viruses can uncoat. And, and um, so, for example, some virus integrate into the, the genomic a DNA of the cell. And in that case, they need to be able to reach uh, inside the nucleus. For coronavirus, however, uh, the replication uh, occurs uh, in the cytosol. So the, it's really outside of the nucleus. And, um, and yeah, it requires this process of, of, of uncoding. So there's, I guess there's two points, at least to go after the virus, is prevent it from entering the membrane in the first place or fusing. And then you have a second whack at it, you know, once it's in the endosome, um, exactly. I guess preventing it from getting out, or like, like what would exactly. be the mechanisms by which you'd, um, you know, so, intervene here? Yeah, exactly. So that's that's a little bit what we we published uh, a few years ago. Is the the idea that one could impact? Uh, so so the virus really use uh, this cellular machinery to uh, disassemble, as we just said, like like to get out of the endosome and to uncoat its capsid inside the cell. And so if you could identify what proteins um, of the cell the virus use and, and interfere with those proteins, um, inhibit them, then you could, in theory, uh, reduce the replication of the virus. And, um, and, and that could be... What, what is interesting about this approach is that it could be very general against a, a broad range, a broad family of proteins. So in our case, we identified this protein called VCP, um, valsoline containing uh, protein, which is a sort of a machine that uh, we think is involved either in, in a process of uh, maturation of the endosome or uncoating of the capsid is not completely clear. But what is clear is that if this protein is absolutely required at the early stage 
of uh, viral uh, sort of entry inside the cell. And these steps where the, the capsid has to be released uh, and the, the genomic uh, RNA has to be released inside the cell. So by blocking, by interfering with VCP, and there are drugs that can target VCP. One, uh, one can, uh, can really reduce uh, the capacity of, of the virus to replicate inside the cells and uh, block it from replicating. So do you think that the, um, the virus is sensing what's going on once it's inside the endosome? And it's, I mean, is it, uh, well, you know, I'm going to anthropomorphize, but is it, uh, is it reacting to conditions inside the endosome preferentially and, you know, either unraveling itself or not, or is it... Uh... I mean, it's clearly, I think that there is this notion that the, the, the virus envelope and the, the, the capsid uh, possibly are, are uh, changing conformation. That's very clear for very virus. We can changing conformation in response to the, the drop in pH, to this acidification. So the, the virus really have this, this ability to sort of like activate some mechanism uh, once it, it's inside the endosome, um, and, and so so you could you could you could for example propose like well why don't we reduce the acidification uh, of the endosome and prevent endosomes for uh, from acidifying and and that would in theory kind of like prevent uh, the virus from uncoding. But the problem with targeting cellular processes uh, such as acidification is that then you you poison the cells. Uh, the cells themselves and so it's a very delicate exercise to try to block a cellular function that has a you know normal physiological function and uh but is being uh hijacked by the viral virus protein right is being hijacked by the virus and so you want to you want to block these guys but at the same time you don't want to poison too much the cell um yeah. Well, when, once once uh, something's inside an endosome, do the surface characteristics of the endosome change to let the rest of the cell know what's in it? You know, maybe, uh, I mean, could you even, I guess, first of all, <laughs> are you able to somehow, in once a virus has entered and been endocytosed, are you able to, you know, view this, stop the cell at this point? You know, has anyone captured the coronavirus, for instance, inside you know, once it's been endocytosed before it, uh, it unravels, or is there no time? Or yeah, is there yeah. No I mean, actually, it? actually, it's a process that takes quite some time—a few hours. Oh, okay. um, so, so it is possible to to detect. I mean, the virus, as you know, is very small, so uh, you need, uh, and so it's a little bit hard to to detect. Sometimes you need electron microscopy or or a different technique, but. Actually, you can detect it in endosome. And what we found in our research, for example, is that if we block this VCP protein, then we see this accumulation of viruses in the endosome. So uh, it's as if the, the cell is uptaking more and more virus, but it's all you know, um, blocked inside the endosome. And then you can really see very nice, you can use uh, fluorescence microscopy and you can see an accumulation of these uh, virus particle in, in the endosomes. So what do you notice about the, uh, the endosomes themselves with the virus in them? And I'm sure you probably pick up some with no virus in them. Again, do you, you know, what's different about them? Um, 
Well, at that stage, at that er very early stage of, of the infection process, the, the virus has not really had a big effect on, on the cells. So it's basically an accumulation of material inside the, the endosome. Um, uh, and it just like uh, what we think is happening in the, when we inhibit BCP, uh, for instance, also we're inhibiting, inhibiting a maturation of the endosome. So we, 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 what we observe is that the, uh, what we call early endosomes, so the endosome has just been formed, are not maturing into late endosome. And so the, in terms of molecular markers at the surface of the endosome, uh, there's not this transition that we, we should typically see. Um, uh, those are the main, uh, the main block that, that we see. So, all right, so what's the function of these various proteins you're talking about? You know, I, I kind of been asking my questions, but I mean, go ahead with, with what your theory is and what you, uh, you know, how you want to intervene in the coronavirus. Right. So, I, I mean, to, to give, for example, like to connect maybe with, with uh, a bit of the, the current uh, uh, news cycle, right? Like people talk about hydroxychloroquine, right? Which uh, basically it doesn't act on the virus itself. It's not thought to act on the virus itself. And uh, one idea is that it, it interferes with endosomal maturation or it interferes with the pH uh, uh, dropping. Um, some, it might have multiple effects on cells, but this is one of the theory of how this compound works. Um, and so similarly, we could expand this idea of uh, interfering with our cells, right? Maybe making them a little bit sick for, uh, for, for some time, just for the time for the virus to sort of to block the virus and, and make it, it being degraded inside itself instead of allowing it to be released in the cytosol and, and replicate. Um, how do we do that is not completely clear at the moment, but perhaps inhibiting that VCP protein I've, I've been talking about um, could be a mechanism where the cells engulf a lot of uh, virus, but it doesn't let the virus replicate. And so basically it mops the virus. This will just break uh, the replication cycle of the virus. Uh, and so uh, the question that we really, uh, we're really trying to figure out at the moment is, can we, have, can we treat uh, cells and, and by extension, the whole organism, a, a whole person with a drug that inhibits VCP and in a way that will not make the person you know, sick uh, that would be uh, safe enough for the person, but at the same time block the virus. And this is really uh, the question at this stage is, can we find a, what we call a therapeutic window, uh, an area where the, the protein, uh, the, the host protein, the, our own protein is inhibited, is reduced in, in, in capacity um, to the point that it really interferes with the virus, viral cycle, but it doesn't make the cell you know, too sick. What about um, once the virus, the coronavirus has replicated that it's ready to burst out of the cell? Um, you know, now you have, I guess, virions sitting in the cytosol, supposedly. Um, I don't know, what does that state look like versus, uh, you know, a virion or two sitting inside an endosome? Yeah. Um, so, uh, yes, indeed. So, so the virus exploit uh, the cellular machinery at every step of its life cycle, of its cycle, uh, replication cycle. So it, it will enter what we call the, the secondary pathway. So that comprises a lot of uh, membrane uh, structure uh, inside the cell, a lot of compartments inside the cell. And so uh, before it can be released, the virus has to assemble into uh, what we call the endoplasmic reticulum. And then it's being transported 
in uh, the Golgi apparatus. Uh, and then it's, you know, the, the lot of the spike protein are heavily glycosylated. And then it is then transported to the cell surface and released. So you can see in this very complicated cycle, what the virus does is really exploiting a lot of different machineries inside the cell. So you, you could, uh, so the idea here is that if you could interfere again with this machinery in a way that is not toxic, uh, you could basically block the virus from being released uh, from the cells or reduce a lot the, the, the amount. And this is a, a game of speed. The competition between this, the virus and the cell is really a game of, uh, of speed of replication and, 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 and uh, speed of dispersion, right? So the more time you gain, uh, the more time the cell has to basically engage its defense mechanism. So if we could slow down the, the, the packaging of the virus and its release by the cell, we could, again, help the organism to combat the virus. Are they, uh, the newly formed virions, are they exocytosed or how do they get out through the membrane? Yes, so they are exocytosed through what we call the secretary pass pathway. So this, um, this first uh, compartment in the secretary pathway is the endoplasmic reticulum. And this is where uh, the, the spike protein is being made. So the spike protein is made by the cellular machinery. It um, is uh, built, if you will, in this endoplasmic reticulum. And then it's transported in, uh, in a membrane structure where it, it will get together with uh, the sort of the inside of the, the capsid of the virus, right? So the, the, the really internal material of the virus together with the RNA of the virus and the, the nucleocapsid protein. So all of that is being assembled um, in uh, compartments that are derived from the ER, and, and then they are being transported again to the Golgi complex. And, and then from the Golgi, they are exocytosed to the cell surface. Huh. I mean, when they're exocytosed, so they're these uh, exosomes, I mean, I guess they're, they're packaged in exosomes, or is it called something different? And you know, oh, when the virus releases the, uh, the cell membrane does it just butt off or like right so so the var the idea the what the way we understand it at the moment it's not really exactly exosome but it's uh it's uh, the secretary secretary vesicle it's uh and and the idea is the virus is really hijacking again a normal process by which the cell secretes protein in its environment so you know for example you know some of our pancreatic cells uh, secrete insulin and so the insulin in, in a pancreatic cell is following the same pathway. It, it is made in the ER, then it goes to the Golgi, and then is being uh, secreted outside by the cell uh, by a fusion of uh, a secretory physical with the plasma membrane. And so the virus is basically doing a very similar uh, pass or, or uh, travel as the insulin protein is being uh, assembled in the ER, moved into the Golgi, and then with this inside, these physicals moved to the cell surface is being released. When it, when it gets to the cell surface, though, does the naked virion pop out or does it have a membrane around it from, from the cell? So it has a membrane around it from the cell and that membrane um, fuses with the plasma membrane. And that, in that process, it basically uh, it, uh, results in the release of a new, uh, newly made virus in, in the environment. Huh. Wow, this is crazy. Um, so where do you think is going to be the biggest lever to, uh, you know, to stop the, uh, the coronavirus? Like, 
what you're focusing on what well, once has been the endocytos or is there another uh, mechanism by which you think this I, well, I think what, yeah, I think what is really interesting about uh, this kind of approaches, so, so obviously there's a lot of different approaches to, to combat the virus, right? I mean, uh, you have the using, you have the, the main approach that everyone talks about, which is using the immune system to, uh, with a vaccine to create antibodies that, as we said earlier, will block the, the, the interaction of the virus with the, the cell. But then you could, but then there are other other uh, efforts on really targeting viral proteins uh, that are import, that are involved in the replication of the virus. So the advantage of this targeting these guys, these viral protein, is that they are really not needed for the cell by definition, and so you can hit them as hard as you want, and uh, hopefully you know that will block the virus. The problem is. Uh, that the viral viral genome tends to mutate, so it's a bit of a moving target, and it can be also very different between different viruses. Uh, so what we are looking at is a very different approach, uh, and is the idea is like we'll we'll try to interfere with cellular process, and and these processes they will not mutate right with the virus they are constant um they they are really dependent on the host so that's the big advantage uh, the big drawback is that by definition this will have an effect on the on all the cells in the body and so it could have some toxicity uh, and so the idea is really to control the toxicity would be to act at a at a low dose but maybe a different stage in the viral replication cycle so you would maybe reduce the efficacy at which the virus is being endocytosed, reduce the efficacy at which the virus is being released in the cytosol, reduce the efficacy at which it is being packaged and sent outside. And if you can hit at these different uh, points inside the cell, maybe the cell can cope. I mean, the idea is that the cell will be able to cope with these different, maybe a combo of drugs. Uh, they will be able to cope with it, not uh, exhibit toxicity, but being very efficacious to block a viral uh, cycle. One has to realize that the virus is really gathering all the resource of the cell to make a lot of virus very quickly. And this is essential for the, the infectious cycle, yeah? Things have to happen in mass and very quickly. So if you can sort of block this, like really reduce the efficacy of these processes, you can you don't necessarily need to block completely replication as long as you decrease it by 80%. The, the, the immune system will then be able to, to take over and, and wipe out the rest of the virus. Well, again, I thought that uh, the viruses would replicate inside the cell and then they burst it open. They lyse it and then they, they exit that way. But you, it sounds like you're saying there's an orderly exit of the, the um, Yeah, virus. we... Yeah, we think that for coronavirus, it's it's a more or you're completely right. Some viruses are inducing a cell lysis, and coronavirus at the end of the cycle uh, does induce uh, lysis of, of the cells. But by and large, um, uh, it, it really uh, use the the it, it doesn't. This is really a late 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 event. So the cells produce a lot of virus before it, it's basically getting too sick and being killed. Um, and this is really important for the, the virus cycle, right? Like you don't want, you want your, the virus wants to be completely uh, packaged in a nice new uh, infective uh, particles uh, before it kills the cells. So, so that's maybe a, like one way we can 
understand why the virus is using this orderly process, as you say, to produce a lot of uh, particles. And so this, this is uh, because, yeah. So the, 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 the first wave of production of virus is, uh, is really, uh, yeah, it doesn't induce uh, cell destruction. Hmm. Everything I thought I knew about viruses is uh, now there's, a, at the very least, expanded behavior, if not new behavior. So do you think that, um, so you're saying with coronavirus, there is an, I guess there's an orchestrated or orderly exit instead of an explosion of the cell, right? Yes. But okay, so if that happens, then um, then what? What happens to the cell? Do all the viruses leave? Do some stay behind and you know, yeah. finish sucking it dry? Like what happens to the cell? <laughs> so what? Well, eventually, this like uh, so the virus will just exploit the cell's resources, right, to make more and more virus, and there is. Uh, literally, you know, many, many thousand fold. Uh, so for one particle that enters the cells, uh, there will be hundreds and thousands of them that will be generated by, by the same cell. So it's really the cell is being transformed in a factory for virus. Um, and so these, these virus that are being released, obviously they go and then they infect other cells. And then you have this explosive cycle, if you will, where uh, more cells are making more virus. And then uh, for a while, you just have, you're basically brimming this virus, which is why, you know, when people do this, uh, this, this, um, this swab, you know, they can detect very easily uh, the viral genome because the cells are basically releasing a huge amount. So you start your infection with very little material and then it, it being produced in huge amount by, this, by the our own cells. Um, and, 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 and so the, again, the speed at which this is, process is occurring is really important because the, the virus is trying, is, needs to uh, being dispersed in the environment before um, the immune system takes over and basically uh, kills uh, infected cells. That's one of the main way of getting rid of the virus. You know, how does the immune system recognize that a um, you know a cell has been infected? Yes, yeah. So, so, so there are different ways. Um, so, the first cells get 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 infected. They tend to really they can detect that inf- that that they are infected, right? And so they release uh, signals such as interferon gamma. Uh, and on top of it, they will uh, sample uh, these uh, the 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 proteins that they have inside. And it will start presenting at the surface um, fragments of the viral protein. So remember that the cycle of infection takes many hours, right? So in that time, they start to they start to produce at the surface to expose at the surface with this uh, MHC complex uh, bits and fragments of the viral protein. And now the 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 cells of the immune system can detect this, and they detect that this is not normal, right? This these things we We've not seen, and on top of it, uh, neighboring cells that have been killed or cells that are being infected are releasing this sort of stress uh, signals, this danger signal, and so the whole immune system is sort of like being uh, activated by these dying cells. And on top of it, it can recognize at the surface of cells that something inside this cell is not normal. Something is happening. I guess maybe another way to uh, to impinge the virus is to cause the cells to, you know, to signal very actively early on with virus fragments or other things like that. You know, that yeah, indeed, that could be uh, 
that could be a way to speed up the their recognition. Um, I, I'm I'm not aware that uh, anybody has come up with a way to sort of improve the vowel defense mechanism. But if we could do it, yeah, that would be that would be a great way to uh, sort of boost up the the defense. Basically, I think. I think when we think of, of defense against virus, we think about immune system and, and vaccination. But in fact, there are many layers in how our cells, our body are defending us against the virus. And we could, as you suggest, exploit this other uh, mechanism. We could try to boost them up as well. Well, what's, um, what specifically are you going to focus on? I guess there's a lot of different targets, which is great. But um... You know, right. you're so, just understanding this or are you actively yeah, looking for a mechanism? Yeah, we're, we're, we're trying to, well, we are, uh, our lab is really like uh, focused on molecular biology, right? So we, uh, we, we provide like targets, if you will. And now we're, we're starting an exciting collaboration with a, uh, a biotech in, uh, with different people in, in ASTAR in Singapore and, in a bio, and with a biotech in, uh, in England called uh, Foremost, and they happen to have a drug that, will, uh, that is active against VCP, that uh, protein that is important for you know, viral exit from the endosome. And so the idea is that we want to try now if we can sort of optimize the concentration of VCP, whether we can combine it with other non-drugs to uh, have a, a cocktail. And that's where really we, we're, we're trying to move forward. That's the direction we're taking. Okay. Well, very good. Um, what's the best way for people to find out more and to, uh, you know, to read papers you've written and to, you know, keep tabs on your work? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, uh, read papers. And then if we find anything exciting, we'll, we'll definitely communicate about it. <laughs> but, okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, what's the best way for people to follow up? Is there a website they should go to or how can they uh, find out more specifically about what you're doing? Oh uh, yes, we we I have a my lab we, uh, website is linked to uh, A Star, so you can find it. And uh, I'm actually working in uh, a, at at A Star in Singapore and in the Institute of Molecular and Cell Biology. So you can definitely find my website there. And uh, you know, if people have any question, I've already uh, uh, been contacted with with in regard of this work uh, by email. So people definitely come by this okay. at, uh, so it's uh, yeah it's fred bard at oh, f bard at, at imcb uh, a star uh, dot edu dot sg well, very good well fred thanks for coming i really appreciate it thanks thanks a lot for the opportunity richard you've been listening to the finding genius podcast with richard jacobs If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.